job, Scott. Decades and decades and decades. Hey, I can still put my pants on one leg at a time standing up. But I can't jump and put both in at the same time. So decades have taken that away. This morning, I make a challenge to us, to all of us. And the reason I make the challenge to us is because time is running out. The end is near. And I'm not talking about Matthew 24. I'm talking about me and you. The end is near. The psalmist in the long ago in the 90th chapter, verses 10, 11, and 12, said the days of our years are three score and ten. Well, that'd be added up. That'd be 70. And if by reason of strength they'd be four score, that'd be 80. Then he adds at the end. We fly away. We fly away. And absolutely we do. Because one of these days it's appointed unto man once to die, and then cometh the judgment, we need to do what we can do while we can do it. And while we can do it is right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not what we did in the past. It's right now. And many of us intend to wake up one of these mornings and get it all done, don't we? We put it off and put it off. And you've heard about Brother putting it off. Well, he kept putting it off until no one could do anything. And that's the reason that we need to do it and do it now. So I'm going to read to you about a rooster. I'm in Matthew chapter 26. And it says in verse number 31, Now I want you to put yourself in the position of this man that we're going to be talking about. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though all, they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Have you got that reading in your head? Jesus said to Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter said, you are wrong. Don't ever tell God he's wrong. You're going to be the loser. So, in my Bible, I have to turn over a page. I don't know what you'd have to do in your, or you're on some kind of a text or something. I'm over in verse 69. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all. I'm talking about. Not even 24 hours later. Just a few hours later, Peter said, I'm not going to deny you. Jesus said, you will. Peter said, I won't. And here Peter is saying, I don't know him. He said, I do not know what you mean. 
And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a while, a little while, the bystanders came up to him and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately, here it is, the rooster crowed. The rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Went out and wept bitterly. Now I want you to notice back a few verses before, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he has Peter, James, and John with him. And he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and he returns to their company and what are they doing? What are they doing? And he returns again and what are they doing? I don't know how many of you have ever heard a rooster crow. You may never have heard that. And when a rooster crows, what does it usually mean? Morning, time to get up, right? Get your head out of bed. Time to go. That's what the rooster means. But if you're sleeping, you may not hear the rooster crow. But I was around a rooster recently that would wake you up from a dead sleep. And that's the reason he had been transferred from someone's probably city home out into the country and had taken up residence in our barn. <laughs> Waking up all the cattle, I guess, is what his purpose is now. I don't know. But he's a big, fat rooster, and wouldn't that make good chicken and dumplings? I'm thinking about chicken and dumplings. Not trying to eat it, just making dumplings out of it. Wouldn't that be good? A wake-up call. And so we have right here in Matthew's account concerning Peter. Peter, you need to wake up out of sleep. You have gone to sleep spiritually, and look what has happened. And you may be sitting here this morning saying, I've been a Christian for 42 years, 12 years, and I will never deny the Lord. Watch out before the night is over. Watch out before the night is over. You never know what Satan is going to do. How he's going to attack you. And therefore, we need a lesson like this to call upon us to wake up. Wake up. You have very comfortable seating here, I notice. And I told one of the brethren, I'm going to have to do a really good job just to keep them awake this morning. Because the seating is so comfortable. Do you know I preach in some places, especially in foreign countries, that the folks have to stand up. And very few of us will go to sleep standing up. So if I see anyone dozing off, I'll just ask you to stand. You can stand and you'll do real well. Horses can sleep while standing up, but human beings don't do a very good job of that. Because this lesson is something that we need to understand. See, time is a very precious commodity. Time is the most precious commodity you have. 
Now, you can't hold it. You can't stop it. You can't speed it up. Because this moment is now the past. This moment has already passed. Time is so precious. That's the reason that James says, it is but a vapor. Your life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes. Quickly vanishes away, James 4, verse 14. Important then for us as individuals to know what time it is. So what time is it in your life? What time is it in your life? I'd say when it comes to what time is it, day by day we refer to a clock. But for spiritual matters, what time is it in your life? We have to refer to the Bible, not to a clock. And we have to pay attention. See, you need to pay attention to the clock day by day existence. And you need to pay attention to God's Word for your spiritual existence. What time is it? If the days of our years are only 70 or 80 years, what time is it? If we can be quickly flying away, what time is it? How near have some of you come to death? Within a split second? Within an eighth of an inch? How near have you been? Let me tell you something. Each and every one of us are one heartbeat away, one breath away from that day. So there is a certain amount of urgency that we need to think about. And as you turn to the Roman letter, he says, it's time to awake. It's time to arise from sleep. Do some of you know how to awaken in the morning? Had it ever had to do that? To wake up in the morning? Sometimes we need to be told. You need to awaken to reality. Life is passing us by. And because life is passing us by and our deeds are being recorded, we need to awaken not only to reality, but to resisting Satan himself. Do you hear the roar? Do you hear the rumble? of Satan in your life? Was he soliciting you last night? Last week? Will he be soliciting you with his roar? With his rumble today? You know what he wants to do, don't you? Ruin your life. Destroy your life. And that's the reason Peter says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, you need to be sober-minded. You need to be thinking correctly. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's out there. Awaken to that reality that you have opposition. You have an enemy. What thoughts passed through your mind yesterday that shouldn't have passed through? Did you let them nest? Or did you scare that bird away?
What did you do? We need to awaken to the reality not only of our life is short and the devil is trying to destroy us, but while we're here, God is going to hold us responsible. So, are we studying His Word? Are we teaching His Word? Are we worshiping Him? Are we seeking the lost? We have responsibilities to spread the Word, to stay busy in our life. We have been called by the grace of God to good deeds, according to Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. To good deeds. According to Matthew the 5th chapter, we are the light of the world. The light needs to shine so that men may see your good works and glorify your Father. We need to awaken to good works. Not any time to delay, to put that off. We need to support the work. We need to go on with God's work while we're here. And the reason is because at your death, that's not the end. If at your death you died, they threw you in the ground, and that was the end of your existence, you'd be no different than a rooster or a squirrel. But at your creation, God breathed into you the breath of life and you became a living soul. And God said, let us make man in our image and in the image of God made he him, male and female, made he them. Not the animal kingdom, but the human kingdom. And that's the reason Ecclesiastes says that when we die, we return to the dust from whence we came and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. We continue on. There's going to be a resurrection. We need to awaken to that. And at the resurrection, there will be an accounting of the deeds done in the body according to that which we have done, whether they be good or whether they be evil. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, there's going to be an accounting day. So we need to awaken to that. I know that that resurrection morning is going to be a very happy day, isn't it? Or a very sad day. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet them in the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's a happy day. But what about those who deny the Lord? Ooh, that's going to be a sad day. Those that have done evil under condemnation. Those who have done righteous deeds under salvation. John 5 at verse 29. There's going to be a resurrection. We need to awaken to that. When the rooster crows, we need to think. I need to realize that life is short. I need to understand that I have to resist Satan and have many responsibilities. There's a resurrection day coming. And on top of that, I need to get saved. Awaken to that. I need to get my body and my soul saved. Or some one guy put, I need to get myself baptized. He called me and he said, I need to get myself baptized. I said, well, if you have it, you sure do. He said, well, when can you do it? And I said, well, 
I was on radio on Sunday morning. I said, well, I've got services in a little bit. I was off radio at 8.30 on Sunday morning. Services started at, at 10 o'clock where I was then. And I said, well, if you can meet me, we'll do that at 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock. He said, I need to get myself baptized. And you know, if you haven't, you need to get yourself baptized. Did you not read what was on the screen a while ago? See, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We need to awaken to the salvation of our life. Don't think about your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. Think about yourself. Get yourself buried with the Lord in baptism to arise to walk in the newness of life. You have opportunity? Oh, have you already forgot about the reality that life is short? You're going to put it off till tomorrow? You're going to put it off until you get to be 40? You're going to put it off until you're 82? You know, some folks don't make it to 82. Some folks don't make it to 40. Some folks will not make it till tomorrow. Death rate remains in Omaha as it always has been. 100%. 100%. It's always been that way. So this time that we have is a very, very precious commodity. And that's the reason you read out of the, the writing of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do you feel that urgency? Let's take a look at this Roman letter, 13th chapter. Notice what he says. Notice the urgency. I mean, the 13th chapter, verse 11. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. The time is urgent. You were supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock. You know what time it is? It's already 8.01. Many of us have not awakened when we should have. Spiritually speaking, it's 8.01. So he said, the time is urgent for you to wake up right now. Why would Paul write that to the Roman church in the first century? Because they need to awaken to the fact that there they are, lazy sluggards in their beds, so to speak, spiritually speaking. What are you doing in your bed, he says? Get out of your bed of laziness. Don't you remember what happened to Samson when he slept? Everybody remembers that story? While he was sleeping? <laughs> Do you remember what happened when Jonah was sleeping in the ship? Great storm came up and ultimately he ended up being thrown over and swallowed by a huge fish. But watch it. You, we are in reference to what was taking place when Jesus came back in the Garden of Gethsemane and the three disciples were sleeping. What, what is it? You couldn't stay awake and help me? Wake up. Wake up. I can still remember the preacher that was preaching. Matthew 25. And for some reason, every once in a while, you get to saying something and it just keeps coming out. 
And he started calling those five foolish maidens, the five foolish virgins. He got to say inversions and just said it over and over. Rather than virgins. You remember what happened because they were asleep? They were told you can't go in. They beat on the door and the door was already shut. The bridegroom had come. It was over with. It was done with. You can't get in. We need to understand that the urgency is there for us to awake. If we're going to do anything for the Lord while we live on this earth, when are we going to do it? Oh, I know if you're a teenager, you're too young to do anything, so wait till you get married, okay? Then you can do it. But when you get married, you're so busy uh, with this other person now in your life. Well, wait till we have kids. We'll get something done for the Lord. Well, we can't. Wait till we kids leave home, then I'll get something done. Well, the kids leave home, now you've got to help them because they've already left home. Wait till we retire and we'll get something done for the Lord. What do you think the Lord thinks about that kind of thinking? When he says, you need to awaken. Get up right now. You need to, to have a revival. You need to have an arousal. Wake up. But notice as you go on in this particular reading here, in the 13th chapter, that he says, The hour has come for you to wake up, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Time is passing. It's passing. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Eternity's coming. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the clothes or the armor of light. Let's get us dressed in the armor of light. Get out of that sinfulness. Get out of that darkness. Get into the light. Put on the armor of God and let's march forward. It's time to march forward. In discussion last evening with some of your people here, I made the statement that in my decades and decades and decades and decades of life, I have seen the world, morally speaking, decline, decline, decline. All at the same time while I am Preaching the light, the light, the light. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John chapter 3, verses 19 and following. I've seen it. Have you seen it? Have you witnessed it? Have you lived it? In fact, I ask just like you do, what will another decade bring? What will men and women be doing? What will girls and boys be acting like in another decade or two decades if we continue down this path? It's time to stop that and arrive at the conclusion that I need to wake up to God. This way that Satan is leading is leading us to a dungeon, to a pit, to hell. Need to wake up. He says, get out of that darkness, put on the armor of light. And then let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness and not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarrelings. and let me, let me, I challenge you. I challenge you. Go to your Old Testament, New Testament, and read. When man 
gets away from God, how can you tell man has gotten away from God? What is the first sign in the Bible that man has gotten away from God? And I will challenge you to find an answer different than what I'm about to give you. First sign is sexual immorality. Quickly associated with heathenism or idol worship. You look around at our society. Sister, do you believe the morals, the sexual morals of our society today are better than they were 50 years ago? I'm just addressing one person now. She said no. Rest of you, if you don't agree with her, take it up with her. <laughs> you get away from God. And there's no excuse, absolutely no excuse for not believing in Jesus. The resurrection of the dead is all you need to know. His resurrection from the dead, that's all you need to know. There is absolutely no excuse for not believing in God. Look at the sun, moon, and stars. The firmament showeth his handiwork. You try to come up with another reason behind all that. The magnificent scenery of the universe. Just take a look. Traveling up here by car, we noticed multiple changes in the topography of the, of the creation that God has given us. Beauty in its own right. Different, but beauty in its own right. My mind is led to ask the question, how did that happen? And someone said, oh, that was an accident, an explosion. It just happened to be. Every time I see an accident, there's a fender busted in, someone has an arm broken, it's always damaging. It's never creative and beautiful. Read Romans chapter 1 and it says, you are without excuse. Chapter 2 says, you are without excuse. That's the reason it is time for us to awaken to our need for salvation. Does everyone know how to get out of bed? I think some folks don't know how to get out of bed. Well, let me give you a little lesson in how to get out of bed. Because he doesn't just say, wake up. He says, mobilize yourself. Get up. Get up. You ever heard? Get out of bed. I don't know how to get out of bed. Well, you get out of bed. Everybody ready now? Get out of bed. But first of all, removing what cover you may have on. Then you take either your right leg or your left leg and you move it out of bed. And then you start to sit up and move the other one out of bed. And you're sitting on the bed and now you stand up and you're out of bed. You got out. Sometimes we need to teach Christians how to move forward. You get out of bed. You start reading your Bible. You start studying your Bible. You start going to Bible class. You start worshiping God. You start doing good deeds. You start fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You start, start telling your neighbors about what Jesus Christ is all about and what God has done for you in your life. And you tell your children. And you tell your parents. And you tell your aunts and your uncles. You get out of bed. It's not enough just to wake up we must mobilize ourselves. Get up. 
Because it's already too late to do what we should have done in the past. But it's not too late to do what we ought to do in the future. If you are an employer, you'll find one of the difficulties in having good employees is having good employees that know how to get out of bed and show up to work. You'll scratch your head. And they'll show up, you know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half late, and have all kinds of excuses, you know. It's very difficult to have good. What would you think about God's people? If God looked down and said, you know, they're a lazy bunch of sluggards. They don't know how to get out of bed and go to work for me. They don't know how to worship me. They drag in late for worship. They drag in late for Bible class. Oh, that didn't hit anybody probably. But, you know, they don't know how to do it. When it comes to doing a good work in the community, I don't see them. What does God think? What does God think? Have you ever noticed that once you get out of bed, you wake up now, you get out of bed, <laughs> and there you stand in your night clothes. Well, you got to move around in some way, figure out how to dress up, dress up for the day. And that's the reason he said you need to take off these old clothes and put on these new clothes. Don't be acting like you used to act. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify the desires thereof. Don't be going out. You go, oh, I'm out of bed now. I think I'll engage in this orgy. I think I'll drink, engage in this drunkenness, this sensuality. He said you don't put on those clothes. You put on clothes of light. Shame on us. If we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ and we live like the devil, shame on us. We don't live that way. We don't act that way. You can trust us not to be like that. You can turn your back on us. You can lay your money down and we'll not steal it. You can lay your wife or your daughter down and we'll not harm her. We'll not steal your husband. We're not that kind of people. Because we have awakened to the reality of how God wants us to be clothed and what we should do. We have cast off our night clothes. We put on our light clothes. And we are now actively participating in the Christian life. Or don't call yourself a Christian. Don't call yourself a Christian. If you can't participate in the Christian life, The Apostle Paul came down to the end of his life. And he said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul, what are you saying? I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. In fact, he told the Philippians, I'd rather be with Jesus than here on this earth. Nevertheless, for your benefit, I'm willing to stay here. But I'd rather be with Jesus. When you think about your life, can you say, I'd rather work with Jesus, be with Jesus, stay with Jesus, than all the world's gold and all the world's silver? I hope you can.
because your life is quickly passing you by. Some of you have remembered me from years gone by. And I have noticed one of the things that you have said to me. You're trying to be nice, but you'll say, time has really gone by, hasn't it? They're not saying, boy, you look a lot older than you used to. They're not saying that. Trying to be nice. But see, what will another decade do to me and you? What's it going to do? Be more hair loss. Be whiter if you have any left. Be walking around with a cane like Brother Dave. He wasn't doing that last time I saw him. But he's doing it now. My friends, God has blessed us with today. Don't count on tomorrow. Sufficient unto the evils of your life or what you're going to face today. Don't bring tomorrow into this. Go ahead and do what you ought to do today. And that's the reason salvation is so urgent. Eternity is near. And because salvation is urgent and eternity is near, then you need to get the priority straight in your life. Live for Christ. You'll be so happy you did. And your family will be happy. But eternity will be a blessing. That other part of eternity, you don't want. This morning, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, get yourself baptized this morning. You believe that Jesus Christ is Son. Don't say, Mama, make me, Daddy, make me, Preacher, make me, Elder, make me. No, you get yourself baptized. What did that man say in Acts chapter 8? See, here's water. What does it mean to be baptized? <laughs> so I'm going to get myself baptized. And they stopped it. Immediately they stopped that chariot, didn't they? And they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And he came up out of the water rejoicing. The Spirit called away the preacher to another location. But that man went on his way rejoicing because he had done what he ought to do. I'd encourage you to do that. And Christian, if you haven't been living up to your Christian commitment, if God hasn't approved of what you've been doing, quit doing it. Just quit doing it. Ask God for you and say, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to live a different way. From this moment on, forgive me, God, and ask your brothers and sisters to pray on your behalf. And all will be blessed. If you need to respond, we ask you to come while you stand and sing.